Welcome back to In It Together, a podcast for white allies, where we unpack big questions related to allyship and work through guilt, shame, fear, and unexamined racism, standing between us and showing up fully for justice. Our last episode was on moving money. Why do white people need to move money for justice? How do we decide where and how much to give? What makes moving money hard or scary? And how does class come into the mix? This time, we're wrapping up that discussion by exploring how we can move money without falling into white dominant modes of wielding power, and then sharing some thoughts on where listeners might go from here. Give it a listen, then join us next time for an episode on giving away power. Hey, Tamir. Hello. <laughs> you want to keep talking about money? Sure. <laughs> yes, so. We had a we had a lot of things uh, that we talked about last time in our like hour long episode, and it turns out we had even more things. Uh, not not long enough for another hour long episode, for better or for worse. We've got a short <laughs> a short handful of things that we wanted to kind of add on to our last our last episode. And kind of the first one was how do we move money without falling into like white dominant ways of wielding power? Yeah. And I think we talked about this last time, but it's so common for folks when they're giving for justice to give from like a white savior mindset or a benevolent mindset, um, or to give from a place that's informed by like sort of the charity navigator way of looking at things like how much are people spending on overhead and stuff. And there, mm. there's just so many ways we can replicate white dominant dynamics of superiority or entitlement when removing money for justice. And that can look like demanding a lot of time and attention from organizations, like subjecting them to a lot of scrutiny and asking a bunch of questions before you make a donation, um, giving forceful feedback or unsolicited advice as though you know better than the people running the organization, how to run the organization, especially if you're not in relationship with the organization. Um, I've seen people who give and then they need a lot of emotional labor, you know, like a lot of affirmation that they're one of the good white people um, from the leadership of the orgs they're giving to. Who knows, maybe I've been that person in one way or another as well. Um, Pressuring organizations or organizers to soften their framing on justice issues in order to make ourselves feel more comfortable um, can be creating structures like family foundations where the family members, especially if we're white, Uh, get to determine who gets money, what application processes are like, um, and often like creating a lot of hoops for people to jump through for relatively small amounts of money, um, or only giving to organizations without an explicit justice lens. And I think you had an example of this, right, Allison? I did. I actually had an example of an organization that does have an explicit justice lens. Um, So that may not be, (laughs) may not be here anymore. (laughs) Um, or maybe I can come back to it kind of later in terms yeah. of we give to. Okay. But I think, you know, some things to watch out for as far as like, how do you know if an org has an explicit justice lens? If they're using language like the underserved, underprivileged, mm-hmm. you know, um, talking about a hand up, not a handout, things like that often tend to be, um, or direct service work can be justice oriented, um, but it often isn't. Right. Or often isn't explicit. If you're only giving to orgs without an explicit justice lens, then it's not it's not moving money for justice. So given all these ways that we don't want to show up, (laughs) 
that show up that really reinforce kind of oppressive norms uh, or dynamics. How do we want to show up differently? And I know one thing that we talked about was like not expecting anything, definitely not expecting a lot of emotional labor or handholding, like not even expecting a thank you, even though thank yous are nice. And like oftentimes giving, you know, is responded to with a thank you, but like, yeah, we don't need the cookies. We don't need the gold stars, the pats on our back for moving money. I do love cookies. (laughs) We have cookies outside of this, Demir. Okay. Fair enough. What would you say about like considering why you're choosing the places you're choosing to give to, like having like kind of more additional consideration? What would you say about that? I think for me, and this factors into the kind of planning we're going to talk about next is like, what is my, it sounds so terrible. Like in my town, it's a pretty small town. Like I think about like what my theory of change is, right? Like what are the things that the town needs most and who's leading that work? And that's where I want to move money. And same on the national level. And then there are, there are issues that I'm more focused on and more likely to give around, which have to do with primarily like um, abolition. Hmm. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've kind of gone with like really giving to moving money to like a diversity of organized, like organizations, local, national, grassroots, individuals, nonprofits, like kind of, yeah, as opposed to like getting stuck in just giving to one kind of organization. Um, Cause to me that like helps me release kind of some control. And I think like control mm-hmm. is part of like some of the negative um, kind of ways of wielding power that we referenced above. Like it helps me to release the need to only give to organizations that feel safe. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, like orgs whose financials I can look at or scrutinize um, or not. Um, That can look like giving to individuals on GoFundMe where I don't necessarily know, you know, what they're going to do with the money that I've got to kind of give based on, on faith. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that's, I've kind of taken a more like diversified approach in order to release some of like, the elements of control that I experience in white supremacy culture. Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing is like, I need to be in really deep relationship with an organization before I really share any opinions or ask questions. And even then it's not always appropriate. Right. So like my giving money just doesn't entitle me to any further access to the organization. If I'm deeply engaged with them, that's a different story. Mm. And then it's contextual dependent. Yeah. Yeah. Then it might be like part of the relationship and the work that you're doing together. It's not you interrogating them to like, that's right. You're like giving money to the right place, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, I think we may have talked about this in prior episodes, but like, you know, you get to have opinions on how things happen, right? What you do with them is a different question. So like, it's possible to give folks feedback or ask questions in ways that are affirming of their leadership, right? Um, as opposed to like, I know better, you're doing things I don't like, like totally. That's not a, that's not an allyship frame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've got some ideas about how to show up differently. What do we do next in terms of like concrete action that someone could take listening to this today? Well, this next one was yours. You want to take it? (laughs) 
sure. Um, kind of a question that we would ask is like, do you have a plan, um, a plan for moving money? And if not, like maybe make a plan. Uh, and you can do this on your own. You can do this with friends, relatives, peers, um, more expansive giving circles. <laughs> and for me, my plan has looked like moving 5% of my net income um, to people and organizations that have a justice lens that serve folks of color every month. And I started doing this in a more formal way at the end of 2020. Like I kind of gave on and off here and there prior to then. Um, and I'm able to do this because I know roughly how much money I need to cover my basic living expenses month to month. And if I don't earn that amount of money in a given month, I'm not able to move money that month. And it doesn't happen all the time, but as a self-employed, like financially independent human, I think it's worth mentioning that like, this isn't always available to me. Um, mm -hmm. when I started doing this moving of money intentionally, I wrote down a list of issues that I'm passionate about and a list of social identities that give me privilege to kind of guide me in deciding where I want to move money. I kind of look at both of those and like, look at like, okay, is there like, you know, I'm an able-bodied person, for example. Um, I care about disability justice. Like, is there like an organization that focus on doing, focuses on doing disability justice work with folks of color primarily um, that has a justice lens? And then I look for that. Um, and yeah, I basically, I look for people and places to move money to that reflects these issues and that serves those with those marginalized social identities. And, um, when I find those places to give, I often bookmark them in some ways. So whether that's like in my email or literally in my bookmarks on my computer, so I can remember to move money to them in the future. Um, so it's not as much of a scramble, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I just kind of keep an eye out for organizations that that I think are doing cool justice focused work that serves folks of color um, and and add those to to my kind of list, my ongoing list. Yeah, I really like this idea you uh, you mentioned before we started recording about having a pot of money that you can dip it into in order to respond to like things that come up, whether there's an appeal from an organization or somebody posts to go fund me. Like I want to have, I realized in like hearing you, I don't have a plan for this. So I'm sort of giving responsibly sometimes, but it's not as consistent and structured as I'd like it to be. And I want to be with my spouse, right? I want us to be giving together or at least be making a commitment for giving together, right? Even if I'm like figuring out what that looks like. Um, and so wanting to have stuff that like is national, some stuff that's local, um, things that are maybe supporting like movement infrastructure organizations, you know, folks like the movement for black lives surge and others. Um, but then also wanting to give to local organizations that are moving and folks who are working on specific issues. And for me, again, that's primarily abolition, but it could be other things as well. Um, and so having that laid out like political campaigns, I definitely want to be moving money to candidates, um, who are moving a progressive agenda, um, I'm so influenced by my time in institutional philanthropy. I can like see the spreadsheet in my head, but for me, having that kind of framework is really helpful. And then I can look at that and be like, well, how much money do I really have to give? And we talked about that before, but like, let's just make a like pick a percentage, pick a number. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like, how do I want to split that? Is it enough to feel meaningful to me? And if not, do I want to like, you know, cut a category and move it somewhere else, just make those decisions. And then like, it's my plan. So I can change it if I want but at least sure. I have something to start with. Right. 
Yeah. I think that's what's been most helpful for me about having like a plan and a structure and like a percentage, you know, like it's like, yeah, I can change it. And like, in any way, but it gives me a place to jump off from. It gives me a starting point to, to go from saying like, this is, this is my approach. And like yeah. that, that approach may, may, and I'm sure will change over time based on my financial situation, based on what I'm learning and growing about. Um, but it's, yeah, it's gives me like a, a place to start from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know like other things that we talked about are like kind of almost like reflection questions that we would encourage folks to think about, like really exploring what moves you to move money. Like what is your motivation? What's going to keep you doing this for years or for decades to come? Um, And I know we talked a little bit about this kind of last time around, like, yeah, for me, it's around like building the worlds that I want to live in and like creating a legacy that is different from some of my ancestors. Um, you know, we encourage folks to think about that. For me, it's like, I want change that has teeth. Mm. Like I have an increasing intolerance for like work that is undirected, Mm. which is different from like building community, building like containers for work. Like that's a thing I do in my professional life, but like, that isn't like, how is this going to lead to structural change and how will we know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, I want to move money to folks who are going to, they're going to move expansively with vision. They're going to embody love and community, but like they're looking for change that has teeth as well. Yeah. I love that. Mm. I know another thing that we talked about encouraging folks, if you're already giving, whether that's in a structured way or kind of a one-off way, like take another look at that giving, like is there anything you would adjust? And a question that we're posing to ourselves and also to you is like, what would a giving stretch look like for you? Like what would giving a little bit more than you usually do look like? Does that mean giving more often to a different entity, a greater amount, like a stretch could look a lot of different ways, but like sitting Mm -hmm. with, yeah, what would doing a little more look like? Yeah. Or even could you commit to a recurring gift that makes a big difference for organizations in doing financial planning. Yeah. Just knowing that they have those, you know, even if you could theoretically cancel it, it does change the way people budget. Yeah. And that's a really good point. I I don't often, (laughs) I'm realizing I'm like, I don't do a lot of recurring gifting, but maybe I want to do that because I feel like it would make things easy on my end too, right? (laughs) Like I don't have to think about it as much. It's just something that's like one Mm -hmm. and done, like set, like you do it and then it keeps going. Yeah. We appreciate that. Mm. Mm. And our kind of last thought that we'd share is like, as you're giving, as you're thinking about giving, really sit with whatever thoughts or feelings come up for you as you are moving money or preparing to move money. Like for me, scarcity comes up. We talked about it in our last podcast. Um, And sometimes unnecessary judgment comes up around who I'm thinking about giving to. And those thoughts and feelings really point me to look at my own bias, my own fears and really interrogate them and ask questions like, will I actually not be able to sustain myself if I move money in this way? Or, or is that just fear? Like what, what mm-hmm. reality is that based in? What fact is that based in? Mm-hmm. And, you know, do I really believe, you know, ex judgmental thought about this person or organization? Like, where does it stem from? And who does that thought benefit? Like, what's that really about? <laughs> like, who's that really serving? Um, And a lot of times it's serving, yeah, separation, disconnection, stereotypes, like oppressive kind of elements. So 
Would yeah. you would you be willing to share an example of a judgmental thought that you caught yourself thinking? Mm, yeah. I mean, man, I think it's like giving giving it the GoFundMe level, definitely like there are judgmental thoughts. Like mm-hmm. because it feels quote unquote unsafe. Like it feel, you know, it's like it's not like an established organization that I can like vet in some ways, right? It's like a per, often like a person I don't know who I don't mm-hmm. have to and i've got to just like go give based on faith that like they're telling the truth and like they're you know they're gonna do whatever they mm-hmm. say they're gonna do with the money and so yeah judgment can creep in around like you know if they've described something in a way where i'm like is that really like i don't you know that mm-hmm. brings up distrust in me i don't have like one in front of me so i don't mm-hmm. have like a specific example but i know yeah. like where judgment has crept up in the past it's like yeah it's like not like a polished, like grammatically correct, like website page for an organization, right? It's right. like someone, you know, sharing yeah. their thoughts in whatever way they're sharing their thoughts. And like, yeah, that lends itself to to bias around classism. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. I think about GoFundMe is it's, you know, it's like a trans person of color who's like having a housing emergency. And like, I don't know if those are the kinds of things that you're feeling that judgment yeah. about. And it's yeah. like- Personally, I find it, I'm not saying that you stand by that thought, right? Like you're catching it and questioning it. Like I find it hard to believe that somebody would go through the trouble of making that if they weren't really in an emergency. And often it's, it's often not made by that person, but by their friend or by an organizer who's working with them. Right. And so like, you know, do I always give to those? No. And maybe I should like, maybe in my plan, I want to make a pot of money just for those. Mm. So it's like, I see it, click, done, boom. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want that person to be in a dire situation. I'd much rather give them five or 10 bucks at, at the very least. Um, I think where, where I sometimes get into judgmental thinking is it, there's a difference between is this judgment or is this discernment, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm looking at, you know, BIPOC led organizations, especially like if they're local, I'm like, are they organized? Are they really working on systemic issues? How aligned are our politics? Is this mm. about systemic change? Is it about respectability politics? I'm speaking in the abstract because like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to dismiss somebody out of hand, but like locally before I move money, I want to be in more of a relationship to mm. the extent that that is welcome and appropriate, right? Yeah. Um, because for me, local giving is an extension of my local activism and like I mm. want them to align, right? Yeah. If I'm giving to a, a totally different set of organizations that I'm showing up for that I'm curious about what's happening there. Um, And we've talked before about like, you know, challenging preconceived notions or notions that might be rooted in like, you know, um, white dominant culture, just about like, where, like, where do those come from? Yep, exactly. And I love that you like named kind of your responses to like my kind of biased thought, because those Mm -hmm. are exactly the responses that I try to bring to that Mm -hmm. thought. Yeah. (laughs) Would yeah. someone really go to the trouble to do this? Like, yeah, it often isn't made by the person themselves, you know, like yeah. kind of really rooting and like, like really rooting out the bias and re- like rooting into like what, yeah, what, what's really true in this situation and what, yeah, <laughs> how do we want to show up really? <laughs> and yeah. that's like a piece too, is like, let's say someone is trying to scam me, whatever, <laughs> or anyone, I guess, um, that doesn't change how I want to show up. Yeah. That doesn't like how I, I want to come from a place of trust and giving and like support and mutual mm-hmm. aid and like, 
yeah, that, that actually has very yeah. little. Yeah. And it's like, if some, and if somebody's doing that, like what place do they have to be in? Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. my hope would be like on the off chance that somebody were actually like, you know, playing a little game. I would hope they felt so seen by that. They're like, oh, I actually feel bad now. <laughs> like <laughs> people really showed up for me. <laughs> and like you said, like, yeah, I think you've got to be in a rough place in some way, shape or form. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. it's, it may not be like, yeah, um, about your physical, tangible needs, but like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, like, yeah, yeah that's like a. <laughs> and let's let's be real. Like scammers are fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> like real scammers are so stupid. Like all the scam texts I get in a week, and mm. all like it's like the tactics are so transparent. Like you'd have to be really smart in order to come up with that kind of narrative, and actually yeah. sell it. Unless you're just copy pasting somebody else's, like. I just don't see, I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. Weird note to end on. Scammers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but here we are. <laughs> those are, those are our thoughts. Those are our additional thoughts about moving money. Um, yeah. And next time we're going to talk about what it looks like to give away power. I'm really excited about this next one, largely because I, I feel like I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn and a lot to think about um, as we prepare this next episode on power. What does it look like to give it away in practice? Like, what do we do? How much power do we still need to like continue to exist in the world? Like, yeah. Juicy mm. questions. All right. Till next time, Tamir. Thank you, friend.